Well, welcome everybody to South Bay Community Church. I hope you guys are doing well during this quarantine. Um, you know, during this quarantine, we're, we're just trying to survive, right? But even before all this happened, for, for as long as we can remember, people have been trying to not just survive, but trying to live as long as they can, trying to figure out how to live the healthiest, longest life. Well, this past week, I did a little poking around on the internet, did some research for how you can extend your life and live longer. I came up with a lot of different life hacks on how to live a longer life. I wanted to share some with you that I thought was pretty interesting. Maybe this will be useful to some of you. Um, I'll share five with you right now. So, for example, number one, they say, eat dark chocolate daily. Eat dark chocolate daily. Some of you guys might know that there's a lot of health benefits to dark chocolate, like it can help lower blood pressure or reduce risk of heart disease. So if you're feeling stressed or anxious, your blood pressure is high, go ahead and grab a bonbon. Uh, that should do the trick. So eat dark chocolate. Number two, don't retire in the South. Don't retire in the South. According to the CDC, those people who live in the South don't live as long as people who live in the northern parts of the U.S. So don't retire in the South if you want to live longer. Number three, life hack number three, listen to your dentist. Listen to your dentist. Floss those gums because researchers have found that those who don't floss their gums have a higher risk of disease. Not just gum disease, but disease that affects other parts of your body, such as kidney disease and other disease like diabetes. Okay, so listen to your dentist. He was right. Number four, starve. Starve yourself. Researchers have found that when we take in fewer calories each day and eat fewer meals, you actually have a longer chance of living. You can ask the Okinawans in Japan who are among the longest living people in the world. They have the most people over 100 years old per capita. Why? Because eating less meals, taking in fewer calories can help your body. It can help lower insulin resistance, can help lower blood pressure, which leads to anti-aging effects. So eat fewer calories. Starve yourself to life. Starve yourself to life. Number five, research, researchers tell us, bring home the gold. Bring home the gold. They found that Gold medal winners in the Olympics, as well as Nobel Prize winners and Oscar winners, tend to live longer than the rest of the population. So it's very simple. Just go ahead and win the gold medal, be one of the most amazing athletes or most awesome person in the world, and you should be just fine. So those are some life hacks. Don't take my word on these things. These are things that researchers have found. But I want to share with you one more life hack, one more method on how we can live a longer life. And once again, don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it because it comes from his Ten Commandments. Breathed by the Spirit of God, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, the fifth commandment tells us this. It says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Out of all the commandments, do not worship other gods, do not murder, do not commit adultery. This is the one commandment of the ten that is directly attached to a promise. That if you honor your father and your mother, 
you shall live long in the land. Now, before we go on, I want to point out that this is a general principle for I know that we know people, good people, who have died earlier than what we would consider a long life. Jesus Christ himself, the very son of God, died in his 30s, 33 years old, and he died, and his own mother was there at the foot of the cross to witness her son die at such a young age. So, if God has a greater purpose and a greater will, there will be exceptions to this principle. But with that being said, I want to talk about how we can honor our parents. Specifically, I want to talk about how we can honor our mothers. Because this weekend we celebrate Mother's Day. And I want to talk about how is it that we can honor our mothers. And before you shut off your device or walk away, I recognize there's some of you guys listening right now, and you're not a mom. Maybe you're not a mom because you've never been married. Maybe you're not a mom because you've never been given kids. Maybe you're not a mom because you're, you're a dude. You're a guy, and so you're not a mom. And so don't turn off the device because this message is for you. This message is for anybody out there who has been brought into this world by their mothers. And if that's you, then this message is for you. And so I want to ask you, would you join with me as we pray? And let's ask the Lord to speak to every single one of us as we approach his word. Would you guys join me in a word of prayer? And so, Father God, we pray right now as we come before your word, Lord, that you would help us to give you our undivided attention. God, I pray that, Lord, you would show us what your word says about how we can honor the mothers in our lives, be it our biological mothers, our adopted mothers, our spiritual mothers. God, help us to honor you by honoring them. And so help us to be attentive to what you have to say right now. God, I pray that you would bless us and bless our moms through the teaching of your word. And God, I pray right now as I speak, I pray that, God, nothing I say would be successful today, that nothing I say would be transformative, nothing I say would be remembered or shared unless it's true. And if it's true, God, God, I pray that you would plant it deep within our hearts and you would produce change, that you would transform us and you would hide it in our hearts for as long as possible. So God, we give you this time. Make it yours. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you look at that fifth commandment, to honor your father and mother so that you will live long in the land, you'll notice that there's no age limit, right? There's no parameters. Why? Well, because no matter how old you are, whether you are a child or you're an older adult, this command is expected of us. And so I want to, throughout this message, look at the different stages of life, no matter how old you are, and give you suggestions on how we can honor our mothers. Let's start with children. How do children honor their mothers? Well, my, my wife, Monica, wanted to see if our two-year-old daughter, Aranea, would obey mommy, if she would follow instructions. Our daughter, Aranea, loves ice cream. Every day is asking for ice cream. And so she wanted to see if she would listen to mommy. Check out how well she did. Um, I'm going to put it here. Hold on. Don't eat it, okay? Listen to mommy. Don't eat it, okay? 
Wait, wait till I come back, okay? Don't eat it. Okay. Don't eat it, okay? I'll be right back. My wife was so honored and so thrilled that our little daughter obeyed mommy. Here's what Ephesians chapter 6 says. Paul says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for it is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So here's the first way we can honor our moms. If you're following along and taking notes, write this down. As children, obey your mother. As children, obey your mother. And Paul is saying that this is how we can practically honor our parents, through obedience. At some point in our life, we will leave our parents. We're going to leave our parents. We'll no longer be under their authority under their house and under the obligation to obey them, we will become independent and old enough and mature enough to make our own decisions. But as long as we are children under our parents' household and authority, the God-honoring thing to do, according to Scripture, is to obey. And we could honor God by obeying our mothers. See, perhaps one of the reasons why we will live longer when we obey and honor our parents is because we'll realize that our parents, as God-given guardians, their goal is to direct us and protect us and, and, quite frankly, keep us alive. That's their objective as our parents. And so if you're currently living under your parents, specifically under your mom at this time, listen to me. If your mom tells you something that you don't necessarily agree with or you don't understand or you don't like what she's saying, I, I want to encourage you, obey her. Obey her. Unless, of course, there's that exception where she is directly going against the command of God, obey her. Because I'm willing to bet that she's not trying to kill you. And I'm willing to bet she's not trying to harm you. In fact, I have a, a strong hunch that she actually loves you. 
deeper than you realize. She loves you. And so, children, we need to learn that whenever God positions authority over us, it is for our best interest. It's out of his love that he positions authority over us. It's, it's kind of the same reason why the Bible instructs us to submit to government authority as well as church authority. And I know there will always be exceptions to the rule, but we should always first take to heart God's instructions to obey the authority that he's put over us. For example, right, before this weekend, the government closed down pretty much every beach around us. And as a surfer who hasn't surfed for over a month, it is killing me. It is killing me, and, and I'm not the only one feeling it. I know a lot of beachgoers and, and surfers and, and bikers and people who like to go to the beach, they're upset. Last week, there were protests all over Orange County. Trust me, I feel it. It's killing me. But to be honest, in reality, it's not killing me. I haven't surfed for over a month, and I'm, I'm okay. I'm not... I'm not dying. And I realize that I'm not literally going to die if I don't get in the water, as life-giving as it is to me. But on the other hand, if there really is any risk, as we're learning more and more about the coronavirus, is that if there's any risk going to crowded places and being around people in a crowded place like the beach or the ocean, and I might increase the risk of getting the disease or spreading the disease or crowding the hospital rooms, then I have to trust that restrictions placed on us really have our best interest in mind. And do I, do I trust that, that, that God places authority over us and they are to be honored? And the chances are they're not trying to shorten my life. If anything, they're trying to prolong my life. And so I use that analogy, if that's true of, of the government in most cases, how much more true is it of our parental authority that God has blessed us with? How true is it of our mothers who went through the toil and the pain and the suffering to bring you into this world? Perhaps your mother was one who endured postpartum depression. Maybe you don't even know about that, or even if you do, maybe you don't fully understand what she endured to bring you into this world. And then raising you, maybe that's where most of her pain came from. Maybe delivering you was the easy part, but raising you, bringing you up from your childhood to your youth to your young adult years, that's where the toil and the suffering came. But she does it and she endured through it. Why? Because she loves you. So we trust that even if we don't always see eye to eye and we don't always agree with the directions they give or the instructions that they have for us or the decisions they make, children, obey your parents. Obey your mother. Honor her, for this is right in the eyes of the Lord. Okay, so for children, that's how we can honor our, our mother and our parents, by obedience Secondly, I want to share with you, as you grow up and you go through life, you become a youth and young adult, how then can we honor her? Well, as a youth and young adult, magnify the good in her. Write that down. As a youth and young adult, magnify the good in her. Of course, if you're still living under their authority, you still obey, 
but magnify the good. What do I mean by that? I mean esteem her both publicly and privately. Talk good about her to her face and behind her back. And resist any temptation to say anything evil to anybody about your mother. Proverbs 18.21 tells us this. It tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. You guys know that this tongue is powerful enough to tear a person apart and it's strong enough to give a person life. And your mother who brought you into this world and gave you life through birth, you have power to give her life through words. You have power to give her life through your words. You can deeply honor your mom by speaking truthfully and honestly about the good in her to her face. And while you're at it, why don't you tell not just her, but tell the world the good things from your mom that have been put in you. Pastor Tim Keller gave us really good insight. He points out this. He says, our parents long to see themselves in us. Isn't that true? For all parents. I know that as a parent, I, I can agree with that, that parents long to see the good of themselves in their children after them. See, on this Mother's Day weekend, your, your mom already knows that she was the one who gave birth to you. But I'm sure she'd like to know how she's instilled into your life the characteristics and the qualities, the strengths and the skills, the recipes and the rewards that those good things actually were in large part because of her presence in your life. Like I, I could say to you this Mother's Day, my mom, many of you guys know my mom, Sylvia Ma, I could say, my mom gave birth to me, which is true. Or I can honor her by telling you that it was my mom who taught me the power of a praying parent. That it was my mom who taught me the trust and the power of prayer. If you guys have heard any of my past messages, maybe you guys remember uh, what I was like as a high school student. And if you don't remember or you don't know what I was like, let me show you what I was like. This is what I look like as a high school student. This is embarrassing, not to me now, but to my mom. And my mom called me a playboy. She always said I was a playboy because all I did was play. All I did was play, go out with my friends, stay out way past curfew. I, I was the kid who would always climb in and out of his bedroom window late at night when everybody was sleeping. My mom knew I did all those things. She knew the people I hung out with. She knew the things we would do. And I remember having a conversation with my mom after I had graduated college. I said, Mom, you knew what I was like. I was a playboy. But why didn't you ever worry about me? How come you were never concerned? And I'll never forget her response. She said, what? She said, what are you talking about? She said, you worried me most out of my three children. I was most concerned about you. I prayed for you the most. And I, I said, really? I, I had no idea. You never said that to me. She said, I would say things to you. It would go like one ear and out the other. She's like, it didn't matter what I said to you. You weren't going to listen to me or change. And then she said to me that she said, all I could do was pray to God. That God would keep you close. 
that God would change your heart, that God would direct your path, because I realized that I had come to the end of my abilities. See, I learned from my mom the power of a praying parent. And now that I'm a parent, if there are times when I worry about my kids and I worry about my kids, I've learned that when I come to the end of myself and I have no more ability to change a person's heart, God can. And I've learned to pray for my children. I learned that from my mom. And I want to honor her by sharing that with the world. And so one of the best ways that you can honor your, your mother and honor your parents is to take the good that you have seen in her and tell the world about it. Tell it to her. Speak it to her and, and share with her how you have become what she has put in you. Talk about it around the dinner table. Talk about it at family gatherings. Talk about it in the seasons between Mother's Day and Thanksgiving. When there's no holiday where you're expected to speak well of her, speak well of her. Speak well of her. And if your mom has since passed, because I know that's the case for some of you, this is a way you can still honor her. To share of the legacy that she has left in you. That much of who you have become today, the beautiful person you've become today, is because of the beautiful mother that God had put in your life. See, your mom might have had some flaws in raising you, but I've heard that even broken clocks are on point at least twice every single day. They're, they're right every single day at least twice. And though your mom might have had some flaws, because no mom is perfect, you can bring her great honor by magnifying the good in her. Now I realize that if your mom had flaws, that another way that we can actually honor our mothers is to forgive her her flaws. So write this down. This is another way as youth and young adults we can, we can honor our mothers. As youth and young adults we can forgive the flaws in her. Because I, I could almost hear it through the screen. There, there, there are some of you who are thinking right now, but Greg, you don't know my mom. You, you don't know what she did to me. Or you don't know what she hasn't done for me. You don't know what kind of mom my mom is. If you knew her, you wouldn't expect me to honor her. And I want to say, as your pastor, honor her. I expect you to honor her because this is the expectation of our Heavenly Father. It's why it's a commandment among the top 10. If it was easy, God probably could have saved space and not put it in the 10 commandments. He could have saved that for something else he needed to command. But knowing that your, your parents, including your mom, is a sinner who has fallen short of the glory of God, who is not perfect but who has flaws just like you and just like myself, he gave us the command Honor your father and your mother. Honor her. And one of the godliest ways we can honor her, even in spite of the flaws, is to forgive her for the flaws that have been revealed. I, I pray, oh man, this week, even preparing this message, I pray that my kids forgive me of my flaws. This past week, I've needed forgiveness. I've caught myself Showing my sinfulness. There have been times when I spoke to my kids this week in tones that should not come from a father 
because a kid is simply being a kid. There are times this week where I've caught myself manipulating my own children, comparing themselves to their siblings because I wanted to get them to do something I wanted them to do. There have been times when my kids just needed daddy present and I wasn't there when I totally could have been. And I pray that my kids would honor me by showing me forgiveness and showing me grace. And, and I'm not even, I'm just beginning. Like my kids aren't even adolescents. My kids aren't even teenagers yet. I can't even imagine the flaws that are going to be revealed in me when my kids become teenagers. And so I need my kids to be unfailing in their forgiveness toward me as I try to be like Christ. So one of the ways we honor our parents is to forgive them of their flaws. Forgive your mother of her flaws. And you might be thinking right now, that's not possible, Greg. And I want to say to you, it's possible. How do I know? Because whatever you've experienced from her can't be worse than what Christ experienced on the cross. You know, when, when Jesus hung on the cross, crucified and killed by men who wanted him dead, there were seven famous statements that Jesus cried out. Seven statements recorded in the gospel. People write books about these things and preach messages on the seven statements of Christ. And one of them comes from Luke chapter 23, verse 34. And here's one of the statements Jesus cried out as he hung on the cross. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. Um, Jesus, I think they knew what they were doing. Like, I'm pretty sure they knew what they were doing. It doesn't happen by accident that you pick up a heavy iron nail and you nail it through the hands of a man and nail it through his feet. It actually takes calculated effort, Jesus, to break through flesh and to break through bone, to fasten a man to a cross. I'm pretty sure they knew what they were doing, Jesus. And yet what Jesus was doing as he hung on the cross was he was recognizing the, the folly of sin, the power of sin to blind a man's heart. And so in compassion, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And if we as Christ followers, if we can stand at the foot of the cross and fix our eyes on his amazing grace and come to grips with his mercy, then how in the world can we withhold forgiveness for the flaws of our parents who aren't even trying to kill you. They're just not perfect. And if our Savior can forgive his killers and forgive his crucifiers if they should turn to him, we ought to be able to forgive our parents for not being perfect. And so we do have the power and ability in Christ if we fix our eyes on him and look to him for strength to forgive her of her flaws. And so I want to ask to anybody listening, how can you honor your mom today? How can you honor your mom by forgiving her in your heart and perhaps as the spirit leads to her face? So as youth and young adult, we can magnify the good in her. We can forgive the flaw in her. 
Finally, we move on through life. What about if you're an independent adult? How do you honor your mother? Well, write this down. As an independent adult, provide for her. Provide for her. Take care of her needs. You know, it's always interesting when you look at some people's last words before they die. Sometimes it can be very telling about how they really think or what's dear to their hearts. Alfred Hitchcock, the famous film director known as the master of suspense, his final words before he died, he said this. He says, one never knows the ending. One has to die to know exactly what happens after death. Leonardo da Vinci, who is famous for his his artwork, his, his paintings, his masterpieces, in humility, this is what he said right before he died. He said, I have offended God and mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should have. Can you imagine the look on Mona Lisa's face when she heard that? She'd be like, the famous Nostradamus who would try to make future predictions, try to prophesy the future. This is what he said right before he died. He said, tomorrow at sunrise, I shall no longer be here. He nailed it. He got that one right. Earlier, I mentioned how Jesus had his last words, right? At least seven statements as he hung on the cross. And I think when we examine each of the seven statements, you see what was truly on the heart of our Savior. Like when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Like what we just talked about earlier, it shows that forgiveness is at the heart of his gospel message. When he says, as one of his statements, he says, today you will be with me in paradise, speaking to the thieves on the cross. It highlights the blessed assurance that salvation is available to anybody who should believe, and it's never too late. Another statement he said comes from John chapter 19. Verse 26, it tells us this. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciples whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, talking about John, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. And so here's Jesus until his dying breath where he barely had the ability to speak, Jesus is fulfilling the fifth commandment of his father to honor your parents, to honor his mother, while making sure that the entire world is taken care of by taking care of their sins upon his shoulders. In the same moment, he's taking care of his mother, his biological mom, to be sure that she is taken care of provided for by a caretaker in her old age. Out of all the things that were on our Savior's heart in those dying moments, his mom was on his heart. His mother was on his heart. And Christ our Savior and our Master sets this example for us to honor our mothers by caring for them even in their old age. Our moms expend their life and their strength and their energy so that one day we would grow up to be mature and independent so that we can make decisions for ourselves and take care of ourselves. But at some point, 
there's a switch, right? There, there's, there's a handoff, kind of a passing of the baton where they raise us to become independent. And at some point, our parents, our mothers, once again become dependent. And we can honor our mothers by giving them the assurance that when that day comes, she will not be forsaken in her old age. She will not be left alone. And just as your mother cared for you, care for her. If your mom was present for you, be present for her. And I'm not talking about simply consigning her off to a a nursing home where she can be cared for by professionals day after day. And it might come to that. You might have to bring her into a home. But as a Christian son or daughter, we have a unique privilege to display special honor, to show hands-on Christ-like love and compassion and care for our very own mothers. Even when it's not easy, even when it's not convenient, how can we find ways to provide the loving care and compassion that they need from us, their children? How can we care for our aged parents? Kind of like this couple during the quarantine who visits mom daily through a window and via a cell phone to remind her that even in a pandemic, even when the world is in crisis, you will not be forsaken. You will not be alone. And so providing for our mothers and honoring them involves emotional and loving provision to to meet their emotional needs. But it can also include financial provision as well. So think about this. And when I graduated from college, I was a 22-year-old and I was on fire for Jesus. Like, I, I was passionate about sharing the gospel, and specifically, I wanted to serve the homeless, the hungry, and the needy. And so when I got a full-time job, I figured I could calculate how much do I need to live. Because if I could live off just enough, I could give the rest away to the homeless. And so I calculated, I remember calculating $19,000. I think if I think about rent and food and gas and insurance and basic necessities, I think I could live off $19,000. So if I was making $60,000 that year, I'll save $19,000 just for myself and $41,000 I'd give away to the poor. And I remember sharing that with my dad, that dad, here's my plan. My dad is a man who loves the Lord, godly man. His whole life is about ministry. He's the one who introduced me to homeless ministry. And I told my dad this plan. I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, Greg, you are so selfish. (laughs) I I, I expected my dad to fall at my feet because of the brilliance of the halo around my head. And yet he goes, Greg, you are so selfish. Selfish. And it struck me what he said after that, and it stuck with me. He says, did you ever once care to provide for your mom and your dad? We raised you your entire life. We fed you. We brought you up. We paid for your four-year education in university to get you that salary. And not once did you think about taking care of your parents. That's selfish. And when he said that, I didn't even know what to say. I was thinking, you're selfish. I'm thinking about the homeless, and you're thinking about you? 
that's selfish. And I realized that's not selfish. That's godly. Because my dad was being 100% biblical. See, 1 Timothy chapter 5 tells us this, verse 4. It says, but if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first, let the children or grandchildren first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. So right there, there, there's this principle to honor your mother or even your grandmother who have paid it forward to you, return to them. Care and provision for this is right in the sight of God. It's godly. And then he goes on. Verse 8, he goes on to say, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Man, those are some sharp words. But that's how important it is. If you are truly a believer and you are a godly follower of Christ, then care for those of your household. Care for your parents. Honor your mother. And so the Bible spells out how to honor our parents, to provide for them financially, materially, emotionally, and that will be a witness to them spiritually. They will see Christ in you. And so, so, so as children, how can we honor our mothers? Children, obey. Obey her. As youth and young adult, magnify her good. Forgive her flaws. As an independent, grown-up adult, provide for her in her old age. And perhaps this promise of long life comes to those who honor their parents all throughout the lives of their parents. Perhaps it's when we make that decision to treat others how we want to be treated, that the same measure will be added to us, that what our kids see in us will be passed down to the next generation, and they will treat us with such great honor to give us the quality of life, which leads to quantity of life. Perhaps that's what happens. I don't know. Because the reality is God doesn't really tell us specifically why it is that we will live long in the land if we honor our father and mother. But I know this. I know that he says it. And that's enough to trust him and obey him. Because I, I know this for sure. That when we commit our lives to honoring God and following his instructions and holding on to his word, then we will receive what the scripture promises, the abundance of life, the fullness of life, which leads to the longest life, eternity with Christ. And so the, the days where we get to live long might not only refer to the quantity, but also the quality, the kind of life our God desires for us. And so in closing, I want to encourage all our moms are listening to this right now with that same encouragement. I want to encourage you mothers in the same way. We're so thankful for your lives, and we pray for you that you would keep thriving and experiencing the quality and the abundance of life that God's given you. So moms, keep committing yourself to God and following his instructions and honor him at the top of every day. You might have heard, if you've ever taken a flight in an airplane, 
um, that instruction that we all hear, right? When, when, when anything happens, you, we're told, should the cabin lose air pressure, oxygen mass will drop from the overhead area, please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. And I remember when I first heard that, I'm like, well, that's kind of selfish. Like, what if you got kids? Like, you got to put it over yourself first, hog the air to yourself? That's not very motherly. But then we all realize why they give us that instruction, right? It's not rocket science. Don't give it to your kid first. Save yourself first because what good is it to your kid if you have a dead parent? And so we have to make sure we're alive, we're breathing, we're healthy enough to save our kids next to us or the people around us. It's like, duh, right? I got to be alive if I want to save my kid's life. Makes sense. But listen, moms, we know you. You're the kind of people who will lay down your life, who expand your strength and your energy and your days and your breath, caring for everyone else around you. You're, you're, you're the kind of people that God has put such a heart in that you will pour out day after day after day for your kids, for your husband, for your neighbors, for your parents. That's how you are. That's how you're wired. And that's what we have come to love and appreciate about you. But moms, listen, we need you to be alive. And we pray that you thrive. And so spend time with Jesus. Create space each day to be with your creator. Honor God first. Before any of us, honor God first. And I promise you, we will not hold it against you because when you honor God first with your life, you will have the best quality of life. You will thrive. And that gives life to everyone around you. So go ahead. You have our permission. Grab yourself a nice cup of coffee. Lock yourself in the room, open up the word of God, and get yourself some oxygen, and may God fill you with life. We love you, moms. Happy Mother's Day. I want to ask everybody to join me in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Our Father God, we thank you so much for all the good things you give us and bless us with, even when we don't see the blessing run away. Even when we don't realize it in the moment, Lord, we know that you are watching over us and you want to give us life and life abundantly. And one of the ways you've done it is you've given us mothers to bring us into this world, to give us breath, to give us life. And God, we ask that you would help us to honor you well by living out all your instructions, including this one, to honor our fathers and our mothers. Help us not to, to do it just this weekend. Help us not to think about it just in this season. But for as long as she lives and even beyond, help us to celebrate, to honor, and to boast about the mom that you've put in our lives. Whether it's our biological, adopted, or spiritual mom, we thank you, God. So Lord, we honor you and thank you. It's with all our hearts that we worship you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.